Good morning and welcome to Our American Heritage. I am Arch Hunter, the host of the program. Our American Heritage is a program where we explore in depth the American experience from its beginning to the present. And today we want to welcome back as one of our special guests, Michaela Koff. Michaela, welcome back to the program. Hi. So good to have you back on. Uh, listeners, I met Michaela several months ago when she was on the East Coast taking some classes through Brigham Young University, and they come to the Freedoms Foundation and spend a couple of days there, and I get to do their Valley Forge tour for them. And I just mentioned to all the students that if any of them were American history majors and would like to do a couple of shows on the radio, I'd be glad to have them. Michaela jumped at the opportunity, so we we are pleased and very happy that Michaela, you came back and are doing your second show with us. So again, welcome back and thank you for coming. And I will ask you again to share with our listeners a little bit of your background so they get to know you a little bit. For sure. So as Arch said, my name is Michaela. I claim Oregon is home. I am from the bottom right corner of a little town called Lakeview that nobody knows. It's nowhere near Portland, so please don't assume that. Um, I grew up a bit in California as well. I lived a little bit in New Mexico, and I currently am in Utah attending Brigham Young University. I'm studying to get my degree in history teaching. I just completed my minor in political science, and the goal is to teach high school, and I love teaching, and I think that's my passion is teaching. And I'm just so excited to get in the classroom with a bunch of sassy teenagers that I can use my sass with as well. So, <laughs> Well, Miguel, they will keep you on your toes, believe me. Believe me. That's- I- I heard of it. <laughs> that, uh, that, that's why one of the reasons that I love teaching high school kids. So share with our listeners a little bit of your family background, and then you can jump right into the topic that you want to share with us today. Good. So... I have two older brothers, and my parents are older, and I'm not kidding, like, they're a bit older, but they're good. I I still think that they're really young because they're kids at heart, but my dad is a retired Navy. He was a command master chief, served for 24 years. My brothers were Marines. My mom is from Texas, mainly, but she's kind of lived all over, all over the South. She's an Army brat. She's really big into family history and genealogy, which is very important for this topic. And I'm very excited about it. And I have a cat who is my pride and joy. I absolutely love him so much. And his name is Mattis after General James Mattis and my love and obsession for him. And I didn't realize this. So you have two older brothers. Does that make you the baby of the family? I am. I am the only girl and I am the baby. (laughs) And do your older brothers ever tell you that you're spoiled because you're the baby? No. No. Okay. No, because they know better. Okay. Uh, Because I'm I'm also the baby of the family and my older brother and sister always tell me, you're so spoiled. You're the baby. You get to do so many things that we were never allowed to do. You know, you know how that is when you're the, the youngest. Yeah. And my response always is, well, if you two had behaved yourself, you'd be able to do more. And the actually the opposite was true. They were the yeah. well-behaved. And I was the one out of control. But that's – I digress. So That's what I tell them. But, I mean, I was the well-behaved one. I never did anything. I was just kind of chilling. And then they complained. They're like, well, I never got to do that. I'm like, well, that's not my problem. You chose yeah. to do something. 
<laughs> yeah, and and we know that babies of the family are really the special children anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, that is very true, especially uh, in my family. <laughs> so share share with our listeners, please, the topic that you want to cover today and please just jump right in and pick up what you want to share with our listeners. All right. So we're talking about the Dalton Brothers game today. And the part of my mom being really big into family history is super important because I'm actually related to the Dalton brothers. And so the, the Dalton brothers gang was a group of four brothers, Bob, Grat, Emmett, and Bill. They mainly did all their outlaw stuff in California, Kansas, the Oklahoma territory and Indian territory. And their main years were from 1890 to 1892. And their main focus was they robbed banks, they robbed stagecoaches, they robbed trains, they stole livestock, just kind of like Western outlaws kind of thing. So their father was James Lewis Dalton. Their mother was Adeline Lee Younger, who was actually the aunt of the James Younger gang, which I'm also related to. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a lot of outlaws in my family, which I guess it kind of makes sense, but it's fine. Um, so the father actually spent a lot of time. I'm kind of giving like the background because there's so much background, but it all makes total sense. And mm-hmm. it like it builds up. So the father spent a lot of time traveling out to California. They were kind of based originally in like the Kansas area is where their family's from. So the father would go out to California and he would gamble on his own racehorses that were actually terrible racehorses. Like, they were not successful at all. So he was just losing money. And he would be gone for sometimes months at a time, not winning anything. So the family's, you know, getting real poor, no money. And it's the 1800s. Like, money isn't worth a lot anyway, but they were really, really scraping by. So in 1880, Grat, so the way that the brother thing worked was Emmett was the youngest. Bob was two years older than Emmett, and then there was Grat, and then Bill was the oldest. So Grat is the second born. He moves out to California with his cousin, who is a younger, and they began a job as a mule skinner. He quickly gained a reputation across the San Joaquin Valley as a gambler, a drinker, a barroom fighter in different saloons. Frank Dalton was actually the oldest Dalton brother, but he was not associated with the gang or part of the gang. He accepted a job in the Oklahoma Territory to become a deputy U.S. Marshal in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And that would eventually move him closer to home. And so Frank responds to this warrant for a whiskey bootlegger group in November of 1887. And as he and they're called posses, but I realize that the posses are like partners, like law enforcement partners. Mm-hmm. Um, he and his partner approached approach the campsite and the bootleggers just started opening fire on him. Frank killed two of the bootleggers, but then his gun jammed. And that left plenty of time for a bootlegger to just shoot and kill him. So Frank dies, you know, doesn't have a job anymore. Grat moves from California to take over Frank's position as the deputy U.S. Marshal, took over his job in the Oklahoma Territory. And he brought Bob, the younger brother, as his posse, as his partner. And 
a key thing is to know that like pay is lousy and that is kind of what would start to get them into trouble because they need money. So August 1888 was kind of like when they started, they started the beginning of all their shenanigans, their terrible shenanigans. (laughs) Grat and Bob, Bob formed a posse and they had a warrant to go arrest this man named Charlie Montgomery. So Grat was the deputy U.S. Marshal. Bob was not. Bob was just tagging along. So Bob really had like no authority for anything. He's just kind of there. And so Charlie was, Charlie Montgomery, who they were going after, was apparently masquerading as a deputy marshal, providing false information about crimes to Grat. He stole pistols from some locals in Coffeyville. Bob had discovered Montgomery's location in Timber Hills. And Grat was searching in Coffeyville for him. So because Grat was a gambler, Bob was like, well, Grat's probably gambling. So I'm just going to take care of this myself. So Bob leads the posse to go arrest Montgomery before he could escape. As they're approaching the cabin where Montgomery was hiding, the posse started taking fire from the far side of the cabin. Bob ran to the southwest corner of the house with his shotgun and attempt to shoot Montgomery. When he turned to go to the front yard, he ran straight into Montgomery, who was running towards Bob with his pistol. Montgomery shot, missed Bob's face, which I'm like, you have to be a terrible shot to miss at such a close proximity. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of embarrassing. And then Bob shot and killed Montgomery because, you know, he's right in front of him and he doesn't miss. So he's a good shot. So because Grat was the deputy, Bob had literally no ties to that. Bob could be charged with the murder just for a citizen because he didn't have the authority. He didn't have the warrant. So Bob was forced to pay for Montgomery's burial and show up for a preliminary hearing. And then after the hearing, Bob and the posse, his posse that he had to go catch Montgomery, they were all cleared. But then Bob has this reputation as a reckless killer kind of everywhere. And that eventually turned Bob into an alcoholic. Hmm. So if I understand you, that they actually started in legitimate law enforcement and ended up being an unlawful gang. Am I listening to that? Okay. Huh. Yep. That's that's how it works. (laughs) Okay. So eventually Emmett comes out from California. And so Bob can't be a deputy. Grat has started drinking a lot as well, and the people are like, well, we don't like that Grat's drinking a lot, which I don't understand that, because in the 1800s, everyone is drinking all the time anyway, so I don't see what the issue was, but okay. So Grat is drinking a lot, people are upset, and they wouldn't make Bob a deputy because he was only 19 at the time, and so Bob became a part of the Osage, these are Native American names now. And I apologize for butchering the oh. Bob became a part of the Osage Nation Police Force. And he got paid a monthly salary from this job, in, unlike the Marshal Office when he was a posse. So Bob hired his younger brother, Emmett, to help him guard prisoners. And Bob, Emmett was two years younger than Bob. So after all the low pay that they were receiving... The Dalton brothers started to just try and figure out what to do for money. They would incur debts. 
because they had a drinking problem, they needed their alcohol. So they're, you know, there's like, where do I get money for this kind of thing? So one of the funny stories, so Grat has his deputy thing, his deputy badge. Bob and Emmett are, you know, nation police. So they would stop any kind of suspicious looking wagon that they could find. And almost always they would discover just stashes of illegal liquor in these wagons. And instead of making arrests or turning in the people, they would just take the liquor and let them go. Oh. <laughs> and they just drink their liquor and kind of mm-hmm. just do it. We get free liquor out of this. Like why hurt the system kind of thing. And that just kind of led into more and more people started figuring out like, oh, these law officers, they really aren't that good. Their reputation kind of started going downhill in the winter of 1890, specifically when Bob was witnessed accompanying two bootleggers to a Christmas celebration held by a group of Osages where whiskey was sold and then getting heavily drunk. And then um, the chief of the Osage Nation reported Bob to the marshal because he saw Bob and this other person getting into a physical altercation in the middle of the street and is a big thing. And Bob was set to, to, to appear in court. And so because Bob and Grant and all them, they're tied into law enforcement, they have the connections of law enforcement. So after this warrant is put out to, you know, arrest Bob for this altercation, Deputy Shadley in the area, who's a friend, was like, just go hide. Like, I'll tell you guys when it's okay to come out. You know, they went to friends and family for shelter and food and all that fun stuff. And in the end, Bob was set to be put in district court at Wichita on September 1st of 1890. And his bail was set $1,000. And then it was immediately paid by Deputy Shadley. Oh. And a family story that we have that my mom was saying when we were doing research about this, she was saying she can't find like as much detail online about it, but we have it because it's in our family records and we have like the journals and all that stuff. But their sister, I think her name was Ava, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Her sister, Ava, her house in Kansas, she had a barn in the house and they were about 95 feet apart. And between the barn and the house, the brothers actually dug a tunnel. It was about four feet tall, two feet wide, just dirt and boards. And the house at the time was like, whenever this whole thing was going on with the Dalton brothers, it was, her house was always watched by law enforcement because like, well, they're going to come to her sister. They're going to come. They need food. They need shelter. Like all this stuff. Like, I mean, I go to my brothers, but I don't know if they'd let me in depending on how they feel that day. So they would ent- the Dalton brothers would enter through the barn and they'd go into the tunnel and then they'd go into Ava's house and enter through a closet. And this was the funny part. Ava had failed to pay property taxes. And so she had to leave. She couldn't inform her brothers. A new family moved into the house and Bill, who's the oldest, he emerged from the tunnel expecting to see his sister. <laughs> and he was met by a new family who was just sitting at the kitchen table. They made direct eye contact. They all stood there just staring at each other. And Bill just turned around, went back into the tunnel and left. And the family <laughs> stood there like, do we move? Like, what do we do? Like, what do they're, we do? Out. they're like, they know who the Dalton brothers are. Sure. They're like, Bill was just standing here. Like, and so 
That's how did how did all four brothers uh, get together out in California? Then at, when you're you're talking about these two, and then went into their as you said shenanigans on the other side of, of law enforcement. Yeah, so the, it pretty much started with Frank's death, as I said. Frank died. Grat moved out to Oklahoma to take over Frank's position. Grat brought Bob with him, and then eventually Bob brought Emmett out, and. Emmett worked with them, and then Bill. So then, okay, all three of those brothers go all the way out to California because they're like, well, we need money. We need something. So they steal mules and horses from this rancher in Tulsa, I believe. It was in the, in- well, no, it was in the Indian Territory, so I'm not really sure where it was. But they took this livestock to Kansas to try to sell it, and people start having questions of, like, well, you know, all the basic livestock questions like, oh, what's the pedigree like? Like, what's, how do they work? You know, how, like, when was the last breeding? Like, kind of all those basic questions. And so the Dalton brothers can't get them sold because everyone's asking all these questions. And they're like, well, we don't have them. Like, we stole them. Like, it's illegal. So they eventually take it all out to California. They meet up with this livestock buyer, which I cannot remember his name right now, but they meet up with this livestock buyer. He buys the livestock from the brothers, and then he starts talking with these other two guys who were actually some of the questioners about this livestock from the Dalton brothers. So then they find out, like, oh, the Dalton brothers sold this livestock. And so they go out to California to go to Bill to work for Bill, which is the oldest brother. And so that means all four of them together now in California. And Bob and Emmett and Grat, they all have a drinking problem. And so I think it was Bob and Emmett. It was Bob and Emmett. Their first like official robbery was in Alila, California, and they were severely drunk. They went out to the train depot and they just got on the train and they just held up the train. And oh my goodness, this is where <laughs> I don't know. I this is probably where like the hick mindset comes in in my family. Like it makes a lot of sense because Bob is robbing this train. He's wearing a handkerchief over his face to not get recognized. And it keeps getting in his eyes. So he takes it off. <laughs> like, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, through your what mind. You, are you thinking? So yeah, they, exactly. they go they go from selling illegal mules and horses to robbing trains. And then how do they get to start robbing banks? So they rob the train to try and just get something to get some money. It's all about the money because they are getting paid nothing. It's just terrible money in general. So they're just like, well, we need money to keep up to buy our alcohol to do all these things. So they just kept going. They're just like, okay, let's rob banks for money. Let's rob people for money. Let's rob trains for money. Let's rob the stagecoaches for money and alcohol. And it all just kind of started in California, and then they all eventually kind of, you know, created up this gang, and then they just started going between California, the Oklahoma Territory, Indian Territory, and just kind of just robbing people. And you said that their highlight was sometime around uh, 1890 to 1892. Mm-hmm. So there's like what what was. Uh, other than just wanting, needing money, was there other another purpose of why they would commit all these robberies? I have no idea, like, honestly. So, Michaela, what, what was their motivation it, what, other than just robbing 
was there something else that they were doing with this money or was it just for the sole purpose of, of stealing and, and getting money? So I'm not fully sure, but I do know that their mother, Adeline, she was the aunt of the James Younger gang. And so the Dalton brothers and the Younger brothers, you know, hanging out, doing things together. And there was actually a time where Emmett got in trouble doing something. I believe he was arrested and he was sent back home with his mother. And she was worried that if he would hang out with, you know, her nephews, that he would start getting wrapped up in all this gang stuff. And so she sent Emmett out to California to be back with Bill and Bob and Grat. And so a part of the suspicion is just like, oh, well, my cousins are doing it and they're cool and famous. Like, why can't we do it too? Right. Okay. So what caused this gang to cease to exist? And I'm trying to think of the words. How did, how did the, these, this Dalton guy meet their end? They died. <laughs> they did. Well, we all die, Michaela. Is oh, yeah. A... They, they were robbing a bank in, I think it was Coffeeville. And essentially, I can go more into detail into that later, but they were all shot and killed in the robbery. <laughs> all, now, all just the four brothers okay. were shot and killed in the robbery? All but Bill, I believe. Bill okay. was then killed. Emmett and Bob were killed. Grat was killed. And then Bill was killed later on, but they were all essentially killed in this robbery because it was not very well at all. And what state or territory is Coffeeville? It's Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. So is there a number of how much money that the Dalton gang was able to steal over their short-lived career as robbers? Um, I'm not really sure, but I do know at one point... They were able to steal about $2,000 in rare $2 bills. Wow. So at least more than $2,000. And that's a, that, in that time period, that's that's a lot of money, you know. Yeah. What is the longevity? Was there other members, as we're wrapping up here, Michaela, was there other members of the family that went into the same type of a gang behavior? I'm not sure about direct family. I do know that, you know, because they have this, this gang they formed a posse with other people so after the other dalton brothers were killed in the coffeeville bank robbery their older brother bill dalton partnered up with bill doolin and they formed the doolin dalton gang Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it was like direct family members other than like the younger gang but i know that there was like little branches that eventually branched off of their gang but i don't know about directly okay and I, I, listeners, um, Audie Murphy played Bill Doolin in a movie, The Cimarron Kid. And uh, I found it interesting, Michaela, that in one of the movies about the Dalton gang, Randolph Scott and Broderick Crawford and Brian Dunleavy, which were heavy duty, big time actors and act- actors in Hollywood, they portrayed them in, in a movie, I, th- I think in the early 1930s. So. We want to thank you for, again, sharing part of the Dolan Gang. I know you have much more to share with our listeners. Unfortunately, we're up against time. So if you would like to come back into future and continue this story, because there's so much there that you could talk about and would like to share with us, we'd love to have you back if you'd like to do that. I would love to. That'd be so fun.
Well, thank you so much for your willingness to do that. And listeners, Michaela is going to start her student teaching in January and graduating with her teaching degree. And she wants to teach American history. And we welcome all young people that want to go into the teaching profession and who particularly want to teach American history. So, Michaela, thank you for coming and sharing this with us and a little bit of the Dalton gang. And thank you for your willingness to come back and share more in future programs. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's, it's been our pleasure. Thank you for your willingness to do this. This is 1180 AM WFYL, Working for Your Liberty. 